Good morning, Southwest. My name's Gracie, and it's my honor this morning to welcome our guest speaker for Encounter today, Pastor Troy Dobbs. Pastor Dobbs has been serving as the senior pastor of Grace Church in Eden Prairie since 2008. Grace Church is an active and growing non-denominational congregation of over 5,000 members and attendees who get the chance to listen to messages online and in person through its two campuses. Many of our Southwest families are attendees. Pastor Dobbs is married to his wife, Sherry, and they have three children, two of whom are Southwest graduates. He is the author of The Blessed Life That Nobody Really Wants, and he enjoys spending time with family, reading, exercising, and following college basketball. Pastor Dobbs has been my senior pastor since I was in second grade. Something I really appreciate about his messages is how he refuses to shy away from the hard questions and topics brought up in the church today. He does an excellent job of addressing these topics while redirecting them back to the word as it is the center of all of his teachings. I have truly enjoyed listening to what the Lord has had to share through him, and I believe that you will too. So, Southwest, please join me in welcoming Pastor Troy Dobbs. Now, thank you, and thanks to Mr. Goldie and uh, Mr. Beckering for the invitation. Man, it's great to be here with you guys. As Gracie mentioned, uh, my uh, two oldest daughters, uh, Delaney and Marley, both graduated from Southwest Christian High School, so I am a fan and a, and a follower. I'm super excited about uh, all that God is doing here. Uh, so I've got 25 minutes, so I've got a lot to talk to you about, so I want to hustle, okay? Um, so a little bit of my story. So I uh, was adopted as an infant. I've never met my, my biological parents. I uh, got adopted into a, a great family, a dad, not a Christ follower, a mom, a Christ follower. But they were, they were pursuant of Christ, right? They wanted me to trust Christ, follow Christ in my own life. And so after becoming a Christ follower at the age of 12, right, in a small old church, in the middle of nowhere in Indiana, I, I would say that my, that like my, my Christian faith just kind of like stalled out, kind of got bogged down. Uh, I just could not figure out in high school kind of the now what of salvation. So like you give your life over to Jesus Christ, right? You repent of your sin, you trust him. And then no one ever really explained to me like, well, what's next? What should you be? What should you do? What is the, the now what experience of your salvation? So that actually sent me on like a, like a genuine quest to kind of figure out like what actually does the Bible say about being a disciple? Because that's kind of a fuzzy term for a lot of people, right? It can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So I did this research project and kind of figured out that there are like seven marks or seven indicators or maybe even like seven characteristics of someone who's actually a, like a genuine disciple and follower of Jesus Christ. So I'm gonna kind of give you those seven, then I'm gonna break them down and form them into seven questions then for you to be able to kind of assess and evaluate yourself. So you can kind of like grade yourself on this, like 10, I'm killing it, I'm great here, or one, I'm getting killed by this, okay? So here are kind of the seven marks, and you kind of think about these like in your own life. Do you see these marks or characteristics in your own heart if you're a follower of Christ? Number one, a legit healthy follower of Jesus Christ will first and foremost be a worshiper, will be someone who loves God. Number two, they'll be a prayer, someone who learns how to be in relationship with God, learns how to pray, someone who depends on God. Number three, a genuine follower, disciple of Jesus Christ will be a server, 
someone who serves God by actually like serving other people. Uh, they'll be a giver, one who like uses their time, treasures, right, resources for God's purposes. Uh, number five, a genuine follower of Jesus Christ will be a learner, someone who like consistently, right, learns from God's word, is pursuant of the knowledge of God's word. Uh, number six, then, uh, a genuine follower of Jesus Christ will be a relater, someone who like actually engages with people genuinely and authentically in community for the purpose then of, of relationships, of course, but then for the, the greater purpose of accountability. And then number seven, a genuine follower of Jesus Christ then will be a, a reproducer, someone who like takes the gospel here, near, and far away, okay? So what I've done is I've taken like those seven marks, those seven characteristics, those seven indicators, kind of turned them into questions in order for all of us then to kind of assess our own spiritual health, okay? So 10, you're killing it. One, you're getting killed. All right, question one to help you. And if you want to go ahead, can we go ahead and put all these? Oh, you got to get them up here. Okay. So the first question is this. If you want to take a picture of that, you can. Question one to kind of help you gauge your own like growth development as a Christ follower. Number one, am I growing? Am I growing in my love for Jesus Christ? So the question is this, right? Do I love Jesus Christ more today than I did yesterday? And I'll just say this, hands down, I think this is like the most important question ever, right? I think it's vital for you to know and to understand that simply being in a relationship with Jesus Christ doesn't mean that you're actually loving him more, right? You always have to pursue that relationship. You gotta grow in your love for Jesus Christ. So I think it's really easy, right? Especially when you're kind of around it all the time, like you, guys, like you guys are, it's easy if you're not careful to kind of like put it in cruise control, to kind of go through the motions, and so you're going to catch yourself. Like, am I really pursuing Christ, or, or am I kind of just like going through the motions of the faith? Uh, I've also learned that some people don't grow in their love for Christ because of a lack of knowledge, uh, so they stop pursuing Christ, stop learning more about Christ. Sometimes it's because of a lack of courage to stand up to culture, and so culture kind of thinks that you're insane for believing what you do and believing the way that you do. I think that there are a lot of like dead idols kind of clamoring for our allegiance and our attention, right? Whether it be stuff, status, sports, sex, self, just to name a few. So here's the question. Am I growing? Am I really genuinely growing in my love for Jesus Christ? Because you remember the Bible kind of beckons us to love God with all that we are, right? The great commandment, Matthew 22, says what? Verse 37 and 38, right? We're to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. I mean, all, all, all. Everything that we have, all that we are, every fiber of our being, we are to love God. So, so score yourself. Man, I'm killing it. I'm really growing in this area. I'm growing in my love for Jesus Christ. I'm on a good trajectory with that. Ten killing it, one not so much. Uh, question two then, uh, to gauge your spiritual health. Am I, am I actively engaged in ministry? This one's a really, really easy one to measure. And here it is, right? Now that I am a follower of Jesus Christ, am I actually meeting the needs of anyone else? Like, am I, am I serving anyone else? Am I helping anyone else? Like, service is one of, like, the hallmarks, then, of a, of a born-again Christian. Like, meeting needs is actually the way of Jesus Christ. 
And so, simply put, you can kind of trace your progress then towards Christ's likeness by tracking your concern then for, like, for the needs of other people. So ask yourself the question, do I care more for people today than I did yesterday? Am I, am I growing in my heart of service for other people? Or is, or is my Christianity all about me? And if we're not careful, right, the whole Christian experience can be just about us. But we know that Jesus said, listen, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. So he's obviously our model. All right, score yourself 10, killing it, one, getting killed, need some help. Question three, to gauge your spiritual health. Am I known, am I known by people, by other people in Christian community? So for those, for those who say, hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, you have to understand that there's like no place in the Bible for like, like doing you and doing you by yourself and like flying solo. As a matter of fact, you kind of you scan the New Testament, scour the New Testament, you'll find they're called mutuality commands. There are at least 36 one another commands in the Bible that really like knit us together as a Christian community. We're to love one another, pray for one another, serve one another, care for one another, forgive one another, bear with one another. And all of these one another commands like pull us into relationship with each other. They give us community, right, encouragement. They call us to accountability. And so bottom line, listen, the closer you are to Christ, the closer you will be then to other believers, right? So you can't say, oh, I love God. I really love God. I just don't like people. Well, there are some people I get that maybe get on our nerves, but we have to love people, right? We want to be in community with people. So are you connecting in a small group with anyone? So again, my story, I come to faith when I'm 12 years of age, and I, I was horrible. I, I couldn't figure it out. It was fuzzy. It was unclear to me, and no one ever answered like that. Now what? Question for me. And so my whole spiritual growth and development was stunted for probably a decade or so. So hopefully these are going to kind of help you go, okay, now I have like, like a clear path then to understand what it means then to be a follower of Jesus Christ. A uh, question four to gauge your spiritual health. Uh, am I investing generously in the kingdom of God? I know you're thinking like, we have no cash whatsoever. Like, what are you even talking about? Well, you can still be generous with who you are. You can be generous with your time. You can ask your parents for resources. Say, hey, give me money so I can learn to give money. I'm not sure how that'll go over, but you could try it out on them. But one of the things that we all have to kind of figure out is, is like, do we realize that God has been generous to us through his son? And once you realize that God has been generous to you through his son, man, you can't help but be a, like a generous person. And so I say this all the time. I say this to my own kids, right? I want them to understand how important giving is. Giving is like the heart of God. And that giving is something, giving is not something I would say that God wants from us, Giving is not something that God wants from us. Like He doesn't need our stuff or our resources, right? Giving is something that God wants for us. Giving is like good for us. It's like good for our hearts. So you have to evaluate. Like, am I, am I growing in generosity towards other people? Am I generous towards God, right? Am I growing in my passion to be generous? Score yourself. Ten, great, killing it, doing it, one, getting killed. Uh, question five then to gauge your, your spiritual health. Am I increasing in my knowledge, not just my knowledge of the Bible, 
but then my obedience of the Bible. So I, I would say this, like knowing, like knowing the word of God and then obeying what the word of God says is like the secret sauce for transformation. And so every follower of Jesus Christ needs like mega doses of scripture because without God's word, we will never ever resemble God's son. And so I started studying the New Testament and here's what I found about, especially about the early church, is that they were learners, right? They didn't assume that they had it all figured out. They were like perpetual learners. First century Christians, it says this, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So they took on a posture then of learning. And so one of the ways that you know like you're heading in the right direction in your relationship with Jesus Christ is that you're like a learner, man. You can't get enough of the word. You want to learn more, know more. And not just because you want to fill your head with knowledge, but you want all of that knowledge then to like make it down to your heart and into your hands and to your feet through obedience. First uh, Peter 2, 2 says this, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it, you may grow up in your salvation. And so when you, don't, when you don't crave the word, when you don't have a hunger for the word, it tells you then that something is off in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So start asking yourself, like, do I have a hunger for the word? Do I wanna grow in the word? Is there a desire for me to like have Bible intake, like take over my life? I think a lot of times it's easy, especially when you're around it all the time, right? To, to read the Bible, not to let the Bible get through to you, but to kind of like check it off, right? So we wanna make sure that we're not just like doing Bible reading plans just to kind of check a box and yeah, I read that today. I would say like, you wanna make sure you're reading the Bible in a way that the Bible is grabbing a hold of you. So if the plan's helping you to do that, that's great. If the plan's getting in the way, then read fewer verses and make it more meaningful when you spend time in the Word. So score yourself, right? How am I doing? I'm killing it, right? I'm growing in the word. I love the word. I'm trying to obey the word or I'm getting killed. Uh, question six to gauge your spiritual health. Am I, actually, am I actually learning how to pray? Am I learning how to pray? So we often use the language, right, that we're in a relationship with God. We always say it's not a religion, it's a relationship. Well, herein lies the relationship, right? God speaks to us through his word and we speak to him through prayer. Paul told us that we need to pray without ceasing, that it becomes like this ongoing conversation, communication, communion with God. And so prayer is just a way that we pursue God. So hopefully you're seeing the great value then in learning how to pray. And I would encourage you, like I, I never had access to what you have access to too. I went to a public school and not a lot of Christ followers. Uh, but I would encourage you, ask, ask your teachers, ask your administration, ask your coaches, right? Tell me how you pray. Tell me what that looks like for you. Tell me, tell me kind of like the steps that you take to have your own personal time with God. And you can learn a lot about praying by picking the brain of other people that you respect along the way. So years ago, I took this acrostic, P-R-A-Y. Uh, P is just for people that I try to pray for every day. So I've prayed for you, right? We've got a lot of people praying for you guys because more than anything, right, as a pastor in this community, like I don't want, just want your parents to get it. We want you to get it. Like we care deeply about this, this next generation. And, and so that's why I'm so honored to be here with you guys today. So P is people that we're praying for. And then R stands for areas where I need to repent, 
Uh, is there sin in my life where I need to turn from my sin? So P for people that I'm praying for, and you can make that as big or small as you want. R, areas where you need to repent in your life, come clean with your sin. Uh, a is ask for me. So the Bible says that we can ask God for wisdom. We don't have because we don't ask. And so I ask God for wisdom and making decisions and leading and all those things. And then why for me is yield. Uh, so I say, God, is there any area in my life where I'm doing something, heading down a path, right, trying to start a, a, a project that you're like, hold up, I never asked you to do any of those things. And so P-R-A-Y, you can figure out your own, right, and you kind of keep you know, track of what God's doing in your life through a journal, a prayer journal if you want to do that. But like prayer is a key way to know God, and it's a key way to know God's heart. So then score yourself again. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm growing here. I'm doing pretty well here or not so much. And then the last question, then question seven to kind of gauge your spiritual health. Like, am I, like, am I making disciples of Jesus Christ? Uh, so here's the question. Can you, can you actually point to anyone else in your life that you are leading along in the faith. Is there anyone else that you can point to? You're like, yep, I'm pouring the Christ in me into that other person. So I'll give you an illustration of how I think it like all plays out and all fits together, okay? So right now I have a 26-year-old, 24-year-old, and 22-year-old, uh, Delaney, Marley, and then my, my son, Drake. So at one point, they were five and three and one. Delaney was five, Marley was three, and Drake was one. So we went to dinner. We went to like a Ruby Tuesdays, and it was like a train wreck, right? Taking three little kids to dinner. But I'm watching all of this, this unfold, this spiritual reality unfold physically before my very eyes over dinner. So I started watching how our children eat. So Drake was one, and Drake needed somebody to feed him, right? He couldn't figure out the utensils, right? It was a mess, and so someone needed to feed Drake. Marley was three, and Marley was just then figuring out how to feed herself. So Drake needed someone to feed him. Marley could feed herself, albeit a little bit messy, Delaney then was five, and Delaney could feed herself, and the entire time, all she wanted to do was feed her little brother. And I thought, that is the picture of Christian discipleship, right? At some point, right, you're born again, and you become like a spiritual one-year-old, and you need people to serve up the food for you, right? Serve up the word for you, to, to feed you spiritually the milk truths of the Bible, but you don't, you don't stay there as a spiritual one-year-old where people are just feeding you, feeding you, feeding you, feeding you, right? I mean, how ridiculous would it look for like a 45-year-old man who's like a spiritual one-year-old and just feed me, feed me, feed me all the time, right? We don't want to stay there. We want to get to the place then where we can actually feed ourselves with the Word. So we're growing in the Word. We can start to understand the Word ourselves. Yeah, we always need to, you know, to learn from other people, but we can actually open the Bible for ourselves, access the Bible. God speaks to us through the scriptures. But then we don't want to stay put there either. The ultimate goal, right, 
becomes, am I making disciples of Jesus Christ? So the ultimate goal is, yeah, you can feed yourself for sure with the word. Like you understand it in a way that like, it impacts your life. But then when you're a genuine follower of Jesus Christ, you're not just feeding yourself anymore, but you also have a desire then to feed somebody else along the way. Does that make sense? So I think, man, there's probably people all across the board, right? Like maybe you're not born again yet and you need to trust Christ. Uh, maybe you're like a spiritual one-year-old and, and that's okay, right? That's fine. We need someone to feed you. But then you get to the place where you can feed yourself. But I am like hoping and praying that you'll get to the place where not only can you feed yourself, but you can go, yep, and I'm actually feeding this person too. So those are the seven marks, right? So Christian discipleship shouldn't be a fuzzy thing to any of us. I'm not sure we always do a good job of explaining like the indicators or the characteristics of someone who is actually a, a disciple of Jesus. So now that you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you should be a worshiper, a prayer, a server, a giver, generous, a learner, a relater in community, and then you should be a, a reproducer, right? You should be able to point to someone else that you are leading along in the faith. Now, how, how much time do I have left? Do I have to 11.25? What time do we stop? 11, oh, I got a little bit of time, okay. So let me, let me give you like two principles that have kind of helped me to like appropriate all these, okay? To kind of put these into play. Two things that I've learned. Number, number one, I have learned that in the Christian life, uh, training wisely is more important than trying hard. So in the Christian life, you will never read anywhere in the Bible where it says, I want you to try really hard to be a Christian. You'll never see that in the scriptures, right? So it's not about trying really hard. The Bible would say it's about training wisely. So in 1 Timothy 4, verses seven and eight, Literally, it says, train yourself to be godly. It says, for physical training, working out, staying in shape, is of some value. Like, that's a good thing. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Then it says, therefore, train yourself to be godly. So let me give you just a quick illustration then. The difference between, like, training wisely and trying hard. So let's say that uh, someone from the United States Olympic Committee were to burst through those, those back doors and run up to this platform and come up to me and say, Troy Dobbs, we want for you to represent the United States of America, the next Olympics. We want you to run a, the marathon, the 26.2 mile marathon on behalf of your countrymen. Well, okay, I say I'm up for the task. Would it do me any good whatsoever to have that knowledge beforehand and then wait and wait month after month, year after year, and then come the day of the race and then get in the race, right, and try really, really hard, try as hard as I possibly can to run that marathon? Right, with no training, no strategy, no intentionality, no focus, right? No pursuit of a goal. Obviously, trying really hard would be limiting 
in, as far as me being successful. But if I knew in advance, right, that I needed to train wise, I would start to eat right, I would train well, I would get you know, extra sleep, right, I would work out in a way that was appropriate for a race. Same thing applies to the Christian life. It's not about trying hard. It's not about trying hard. It's about training wisely. And training wisely then means that you, you train your life. In the same way that you, you look after the outer you, you work out, you try to stay in shape, you need to think about the inner you in the same way that you think about the outer you. So there needs to be some like intentionality, some strategies, some discipline, some focus, right? You got to be involved in it. So, so train wisely, do a little bit every day. And then secondly, I would say this, that consistency. So here's how a marker for you. Consistency in these seven marks or seven characteristics, consistency is the sign of maturity. So you have to look at your Christian life, and is it like this? Is it like up? Is it down? Is it up? Is it down? One of the ways you, really, you know that you're really growing in Christ is you start to level out in consistency. You start to be like, yep, this is a, this is a thing that I'm, that, I'm, that I'm catching on to. My basketball coach, so I played co- college basketball, graduated from Ball State University, and my college basketball coach had this line. He used to say this. He said, you know, listen, we're everyday dudes. We're everyday dudes, meaning it's what you do every day that makes you or breaks you. Everyday dudes, right? So it's not what you do every once in a while. It's not what you do once a week. It's not what you do just like when you feel like it every now and then. Like you got to be an everyday dude, an everyday guy, an everyday girl where there's a consistency in it, right? What you do every day becomes who you are. And so I, I've thought about this. Like Christianity is hard. Let me tell you why it's hard. Because it is so daily, right? Like every single day. So the encouraging thing for all of us is this, right? We want to stack our days. So you get consistent, you start stacking up your days, and as you start stacking up your days, your life will begin to dramatically change. And you will become like a fully devoted follower and disciple of Jesus Christ. All right? So I want to encourage you guys, man, take those questions, think about those questions, like assess your own heart, assess your own life, Because I don't want this whole discipleship process to be a fuzzy thing for you. I want it to be a super clear pathway where you can become more like Jesus Christ. Amen? So let me pray for you guys, okay? God, I do pray for every student here this morning, Lord, that that we would all become, right? All of us adults of this place as well, become worshipers, prayers, servers, givers, learners, relators, and reproducers. Help us not to believe the lie that, uh, that we can just try really hard. Help us to train wisely in a way that uh, sets us up for, for success as, as followers of Christ. And then, Lord, I pray for consistency. That you would help us to be consistent followers of Jesus Christ. It's what we do every day that makes us over time. So, Lord, help us to incorporate all of these truths into our hearts today. And help us to understand, Lord, that Christianity has not been tried and found wanting. It has just been found difficult and not tried. So, Lord, help us to engage ourselves fully as followers of Christ today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And thank you for these students, Lord. I thank you for them. And I do pray, Lord, you'd help them to to be followers of Christ that make a difference in their generation. And uh, we love you and we give you this time. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you, guys.